and welcome back to Stonework, a Bible podcast from the Three Chopped Church here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm your host, Reverend Christopher Tweel, pastor and head of staff here at the church. And I'm Joan Pye, director of music ministries. Through the season of Lent and Holy Week, we will be listening to music, praying, and contemplating as the season, the spirit, and the music guide us as we prepare for Easter. Each week, we will have a different congregant or friend of the church bringing their special music to us as a gift in this season. As we continue in this Lenten series, we'll be working with the Lenten practices of prayer, meditation, fasting, and giving. Lent is an incredible time for us to sit and prepare ourselves for the joy of Easter, and this year things are a little bit different. If you are new to the podcast or want to know more about the church, you can find us at threechoppedchurch.org. Today, one of our longtime soprano soloists, Elizabeth Howell, will sing Albert Mallet's The Lord's Prayer. As Christopher's sermon series on the Lord's Prayer is wrapping up in a couple of weeks, this piece would be a wonderful anthem to share with you. The Lord's Prayer was composed in 1935 and is copyrighted by G. Shermer Incorporation. The organ is played by Linda Wentz. Thank you. 
Well, amen. Amen. <laughs> it's interesting. There were um, a lot of hymns that were, I guess, a specific time period in the life of the church in which we ended every song, every hymn with amen. <laughs> uh, we do it. We do it sometimes now. Um, it, uh, it's, it's often uh, not necessarily included in some of the newer hymnals. It, it is sometimes, um, but uh, some th th there are there are some songs um, when you when you hear them or when you um, sing them that Amen feels like the only appropriate ending to it. And certainly certainly with the song that we have here today, with the Lord's Prayer, that is that is the appropriate appropriate phrase to end on. Um, Gosh, thank you. Thank you so much uh, again, Joan, uh, for the offering this week that we have. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth Howell, who is the soprano, who is bringing this vocalization to us. And thank you to Linda Wentz, who is the organist um, supporting this, this lovely, lovely vocal range that we have today. This is, is um, obviously the Lord's Prayer. And we... I like this version of it. This is um, this is the, the version that was written by uh, Albert H. Uh, Malote, and uh, if you've if you've ever heard of him, <laughs> um, he was actually he's a he's an older um, pianist, composer, organist, educator. Um, he was born in 1895. Um, this song uh, actually came out in the mid '30s, I believe, um, and it was—it's obviously intended to be operatic in its uh, composition, and in fact, the first recording of it that we have from um, back in the early early part of the 19th century um, was recorded by John Thomas, who John Charles Thomas, who was a um, an American opera singer. He was a concert baritone. Uh, at that period. And it remains, again, it remains, it's one of these songs that has remained and remained, of course, because of the lyrics so familiar and um, the operatic quality of it too. We'll, we'll, we'll get to more of that in, in just a, a moment, but um, I just wanted to, to folks, the, the prayer itself, obviously the Lord's Prayer itself, something many of us uh, are very familiar with, even, even folks who aren't um, necessarily Christian or raised in the Christian church, have have some have some knowledge some peripheral knowledge of this prayer in some way it's become so pervasive in our in our uh, social circles certainly um it's been in movies and shows and all, all kinds of things um we often we, we forget sometimes that this is uh, a a version <laughs> of the prayer uh, of course the, the prayer is written in in greek um as it's recorded in in, in matthew and some of the other gospels um, <clears throat> it's written in Greek, and oftentimes the version that we're most familiar with, the, the version that comes from um, the Latin translation, actually, um, the Greek was translated into Latin and then translated into English in the early 1600s, um, right, at the, right at the turn of the century there, in 1603, 1611, um, this, the, this version with the these and the vowels, <laughs> Uh, that, that we know that's that's when that version came out um and it, it, it gets it gets very close we've we've talked about this some uh before in our in our worship study um and in our series that we did um 
uh, in the fall where we actually prayed several uh, different kinds of the Lord's prayer. And I hope that doesn't sound like blasphemy to, to anyone. One of the one of the main points of the scripture in Matthew that we sometimes forget is that Matthew says, um, uh, the, the, the words in Matthew, Jesus says, pray in this way. Um, so even, even at its most basic form from the New Testament, um, Jesus isn't saying, pray these words exactly. Um, it is meant to be a teaching moment, and it is meant to be a teaching tool. We can pray the words, but we can also pray in the way uh, that, that Jesus is, is, is praying. So if we're hitting all those, hitting all those pieces, hitting all those high notes. Um, so there are many different versions of the Lord's Prayer that we can use um, that, are, that are wholly acceptable. And there may be some that, that speak more to us or speak better to us. Um, and help us communicate uh, the deep meaning of this prayer um, in, in a way that's 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 a better form of worship or a better form a better form of our prayer to the Lord, uh, which can which is great, which is great. Uh, the the other the other piece that this is wonderful that it, that ties into you know we're we're in this period of Lent and in Lent we have been doing a series on the Lord's Prayer. Um, if you're if you've missed that or aren't familiar with it, you can check that out on our, on our website. Go back and and watch the sermon videos and things that, that we've been doing. Um, we've been walking through pieces of the Lord's Prayer. When we have you know Lent is uh, seems long, forty days seems like a long time, <laughs> but uh, Sunday wise, it, it uh, hasn't allowed for us to really go line by line every single piece. But what we're doing kind of kind of the big the big parts, the big chunks, and um, I've really loved it. Uh, I hope I hope that others who have been uh, participating in worship with the, the sermon in that way have have uh, found it helpful as well. For me, it's been um, just a delightful time to dig into each part of that prayer, each part of that. Um, uh, uh, I, I want to say gospel message. You know, Jesus is bringing us a gospel message within the prayer. You know, Jesus is always preaching to us, uh, no, no matter no matter what form it's taking. And there is there is a beautiful gospel message in this prayer. There's this the sense of uh, we we've, we've talked about this our um, uh, Father in heaven. You know, so we have this initial sense of of a corporate. Prayer. This isn't a prayer that we pray alone, or you can say uh, Jesus isn't uh, teaching us to pray alone. We are we are meant to pray collectively, and we are meant to remember that it is not my God, it is not your God, it is it is only our God. It is only a God of a collective people, which is which is kind of neat. We we focus a lot. Um, in American society, you know, maybe people might argue too much, <laughs> but we, we, we do focus a lot on the uh, individual, on the power of the individual, on the strength of the individual, on our um, desire to be our own person, uh, to, to be successful on our own terms, all of these kinds of things that are kind of welded and, and woven into our, our ethos as a nation. And uh, here we have the very first word of this prayer kind of fights against that and says, no, no, it's, it's together. It's only together that we pray, that we pray this prayer. Um, yeah. There've been other, other pieces too about, uh, how we keep the name of God 
hallowed, how we make that special, how we set that apart, how we honor and respect the name of God in, in everything that we do and how we act, um, how God provides for us, how God gives us the provision that we need about how forgiveness um, just recently, we, we, were, we were listening about this when um, Ben Kelly was, was preaching for us, uh, how forgiveness is a way that our chains are, are, you know, it's not only our chains being broken, but it's also a power that we have to break the chains of ourselves, uh, the chains that tether us to um, our sin or to harm or to injury, and that we also have the power to break those chains um, as we forgive others, as we are forgiven. Um, so wonderful, uh, of course, wonderful to, to dig into the Lord's Prayer in this way and to, to listen to this uh, operatic form of it, which, which again, you know, is uh, from the 30s, but uh, just beautiful. If you listen to the, the, the pieces of it, it has these beautiful swells. Um, my, my daughter and I were listening to it just, just a, a moment ago, and um, these, these big swells that go up, and the way the music tracks and has this motion within the prayer, it, it, it communicates this emotion the motion <laughs> communicates an emotion um which is which is really really wonderful um the interesting thing i think is that it is it is short or one of the interesting things uh, but it is short it is it is it's just about um let's look look back at, at our at our recording um just just at three minutes just at three minutes long and we don't repeat the prayer we sing it one time through. We are praying this prayer. Um, and, of course, some of us may be familiar with um, the idea of repetition as part of a prayer, a lectio um, a style prayer where we're, we're repeating certain phrases or things out of the Bible. And that's, that's absolutely, that's wonderful. But um, another way that, that we have to pray and that we usually pray is uh, is is just the just the one time through and that's kind of what this this piece reflects. It lets it stand on its own, and I feel like um, there could be a long period of thoughtful silence after this. Perhaps um, we couldn't. Uh, maybe not something we can replicate on on a podcast. But if you hit hit pause, <laughs> if you go back and listen to it, hit pause afterwards. Uh, we don't want to have a lot of dead air, but but I encourage you to have that that space. And um, I'm a I'm a, a a pretty mediocre fan of opera. <laughs> I've, um, I've, I've blessedly had a, a gift uh, of an experience in going to the Met and being able to um, see and hear uh, Deflator Mouse there, uh, which was in absolutely incredible. Um, I don't know all the the ins and outs, but uh, there are there are pieces and, and moments um, that I really like. Uh, in the in the operatic world, and I, I I feel like there are places in which when you go to see an opera, or you hear an operatic piece in these grand auditoriums or these these big churches that are kind of built for this kind of music. You know, the, our 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 architecture 
really reflects uh, the kinds of music that we that we have, or, or music, I guess, rather, is written to that form of architecture. I have a very dear friend um, who teaches uh, composition in Chicago, and he has a few pieces um, that are intended to be played in certain spaces. They were written for those spaces um, in particular. And so opera, it should come as no surprise, is, is much the same. And so as you see, or as you see an opera, as you hear operatic pieces, there is an intention for the notes to kind of hover in the echo chamber uh, without the support of other um, music or intercession uh, at, at certain at certain points, not always, but at, at certain points for effect. And I feel like the end of this uh, may be one of those maybe one of those times where, if we were in a grand cathedral, there may be a moment or two of silence where we kind of let things resonate, <laughs> both literally as the sound waves are resonating around the stone or or the hardwood around us, um, but also resonating in our in our spirits as well as we listen. The the, the kind of um, quintessential moment, I think, for this piece, uh, in my completely untrained <laughs> opinion, that's one of the benefits that we have, uh, I suppose, in, in uh, uh, walking through these pieces together, is that I am not musically trained. So I, I'm hopefully not going to be um, using words that require more explanation, and, and uh, but also keep in mind that these are just opinions, and I can't read music. So, <laughs> but this moment where we have at the end, um, as we go into uh, deliver uh, uh, for for thine the kingdom, the power, and the glory. We have this triad, right? Kingdom, power, glory, and we and we all know this is a part of the the prayer that was added later. You know, people as as we went through the Christian faith, they felt it needed a little bit more gravitas. <laughs> Uh, it's not included in, in what Jesus teaches us, but it's added later. And it is, it is kind of, um, it has kind of been what this music, I think, suggests. It is this triumphant um, note at the end of the prayer. Um, because we're talking about temptation and into evil or the evil one. And we're thinking, well, here are the places in my life where I've been led into temptation and and here are the places in my life where I know that that um, uh, harmful or, or evil, harmful ways. Um, the the uh, Greek word is hamartalos for sin, right? So harm, sin, all those words are are welded in together. They're all they're all uh, uh, formulated together in the, in the same base meaning. We're talking about all those things, and we need we need. Um, you know, we need the word that comes after the prayer of confession, right? <laughs> we need the assurance. We need that assurance. We feel it. And so we, we added this later. The church added this later. But we have it in this piece. You can hear the, the change, the swell. And again, if I could read music, I'm sure that there would be a meaning in how these the, the notes are, are composed and put together. But we're, we're going up. 
I can I can tell note goes up, note goes down. So you know, if you listen, we can tell we're going up, you know, for the kingdom, and then we go up the power, and then we go up again the glory, and then we go up again the forever, uh, forever and ever. Um, so it's this huge swell. And I think it is meant to live into that notion of assurance that comes after our confession. You know, there's there's maybe a um, we can we can make that statement. We can argue that point that 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 was why we've added that, why the church added that part to begin with. Um, and certainly here, I think it it communicates that it is triumphant. It is inspiring. The music, the the way the music. You know, uh, swells and and gets louder, and, and we have the, this this big this big finish. Um, <clears throat> I always think of you know show tunes where they tell you you got to belt it, you got to belt it out. Uh, this is the part where we belt it out, um, and we're really kind of setting these things down in stone. These are the unmovable things. They're they're loud and they're. They're, they're filled with music and they're going to echo in the chamber even after the amen, possibly, you know, depending on what kind of acoustics we're dealing with. It's possible uh, the way it's written for these, these other pieces, the overtones of it to kind of, to kind of echo out as we're listening to it. So um, yeah, really, really incredible way to end this piece. Yeah, completely intentional, I think, uh, to kind of leave us with that, um, gravitas moment of, yeah, this is our assurance. Everything is God's. Um, the kingdom is God's. The power is God's. The, the wonderful glory uh, uh, of the Lord is God's forever, forever. It's an immovable, it's an immovable moment. Um, it reflects back, you know, God is the great I am, you know, God isn't uh, a being of the past. God isn't a being of the future. God isn't only a being of the present. God is a being of all. God is a being of the forever, um, which kind of kind of lends itself into uh, this point of mystery. It's a little bit of mystery. We don't really know what that means. Um, this past week, <laughs> uh, I was asked uh, a question uh, via video. Uh, I was asked a question from one of our littlest Presbyterians, and she wanted to know, how does God see us um, if God only has two eyes? Or how does God see everyone all at the same time? You know? And that's great, great questions. So, such good questions. Um, and my reply was, well, you know, in some way we don't know. <laughs> In some way, that is the mystery of God. And uh, pieces like this, um, pieces like this, I think, encourage us to experience a little bit of that mystery as we pray together, as we enter into the mystery of who God is, and as we find assurance, and as we finish with a great amen.
Well, as we continue this time in Lent together, we are including in our uh, music and meditation practice a period of um, thinking about fasting, a period of prayer, and also a period here in just a moment where we'll talk about giving. For this week, when we think about fasting, I was reading a um, really great article, and part of it, it was talking about asking God to disarm our fear. There are many things <laughs> that we could find to be afraid of, um, certainly, uh, especially uh, here recently, we've uh, seen and experienced a lot of uh, racism, a lot of racist tendencies, a lot of racist uh, events, and even more recently, <laughs> uh, here with the folks that um, were killed in Atlanta, there is plenty to be afraid of. And part of what this uh, article I was reading was talking about in, in terms of God, we're asking God to disarm our fear, which I thought was a really wonderful way of, of putting it. And the, the part of the explanation said that we, um, in that we release our habit of holding ourselves together. I just thought, wow, what a what a great fast practice that would be. <laughs> I'm going to fast from holding myself together. I am going because this here's a habit. You know, we talk about um, fasting often is uh, kind of going against habits that we've made, whether they're food habits or practice habits. But our fasting practice uh, can also be something like this: um, refusing to. Um, allow us to hold ourselves together, you know, allowing God, in other words, allowing God to be the one that holds us together, disarm our fear. So that's our, that's our thought for this week. And for a prayer, what, what other prayer could we, could we pray? Um, but the Lord's prayer, uh, and in kind of uh, matching with what we've talked about before last fall. And of course uh, here, just, just now in, in our, in our time together today, uh, we'll we'll do the Lord's Prayer, but we'll do a different version of it. Uh, and this version, we're going to go to the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> we we know we know the the prayer from sixteen eleven. Um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Uh, we we know those those these and thou's words, and that poetry is so beautiful and can be so meaningful to us. Uh, but it's always good. It's always good to stretch out a little bit to remember that Jesus is encouraging us in a way to pray and uh, to experience something a little different. So today's prayer uh, is going to come from the message. And this is the message's interpretation of this uh, published first, I think, in 2000, early 2000, 2002, something, somewhere around in there. Um, so we're going to pray this together. And it will sound very different. <laughs> So uh, uh, scan forward <laughs> in the podcast or, or uh, ready yourself and, and bow together with me. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are and set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals, 
keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. For our period of giving, we have been focusing and highlighting different organizations throughout our area, throughout the Richmond metro area. Um, giving is always a way that we can show our trust to God, uh, a way that we can give up on our own self-need to be the controllers of our lives. And uh, Lent encourages us to give of ourselves and of our finances in extra ways, uh, above and beyond. Um, we talk about gifts and tithes and offerings um, and the difference between a gift and a tithe. You know, tithe is kind of what we, what we prayerfully uh, and, and spiritually see as the thing that we need to return to God absolutely. This is just a part of, of being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. This is what we do. Um, gifts are often above and beyond that, um, that go to special projects or special things. And so this week we are going to be uh, highlighting uh, the Voices of Jubilee, um, which is a, uh, a juvenile program working, working with students and, and children in song. They, they work with kids in song. They are looking to uh, students, to youth who have been um, incarcerated or uh, in, the, in the incarceration program, um, they also work with former prison guards, and really, uh, as they describe themselves, they say they, they work with anyone longing for an embodied faith and the liberative word of the gospel. <laughs> and they do this through worshiping and singing and uh, building a community together. You may remember this, um, Presbyterian folks, you may remember this uh, as a group that came to a Presbytery meeting uh, last year. It was actually our last in-person Presbytery meeting. <laughs> and um, they uh, did a little highlight, but they meet together at the, um, they meet together twice a month at the Bonaire Juvenile Detention Center. And um, right now they've got about uh, 20 plus youth um, uh, guards, former prison guards, uh, all who are there to worship God and to experience this jubilee. They are an incredible worshiping community. So encourage you to, to go and check them out, look them up, um, maybe even see if there's a way to, to visit with them or to worship with them at the detention center uh, here in this, this COVID period. But they are found online at Voices of Jubilee dot o-r-g online jubilee has two e's uh, before we before we go into 
our, our, our final words today. I did also want to highlight two other things. As we're highlighting things for giving, I wanted to highlight two other things. Uh, just for Lent, our, our, our book study group, Lent in Plain Sight, is, is continuing to meet. Uh, they meet on um, Sunday evenings through Zoom. Uh, from seven to eight. And if you have the book or if you don't have the book or if you want to get the book, uh, reach out to us at the church. Let us know. Um, they've, they've had a really great time um, looking at the book Lent in Plain Sight. And our Zoom links are included in the weekly newsletter email or can be sent to you directly. Uh, reach out to us at the church and let us know how we can help you stay in touch and and to keep connecting together. The last thing is a, a Easter Sunday announcement. Um, Joan wanted me to, to remind everyone, you're invited to share your videos of singing the Easter hymn, Jesus Christ is ridden, Risen Today. Risen, goodness, <laughs> excuse me. But Jesus Christ is Risen Today for our virtual choir that we're going to put together for Easter Sunday. It could be the entire family. It could be just you and the pet. It can it could be any way that you would like to record this on your phone. Um, you can sing the melody or other parts. Uh, we're going to be sending out some more communication and information about that here in the upcoming newsletter this this Thursday. Should should be coming out today on the 18th. But keep your eye out for for more information on that. We'd love to have everybody uh, pour our voices together and join together in song for this Easter. What a joy it is to spend this time together participating in music and meditation. If you would please subscribe, rate us, and review us, it'll help others find this podcast. If you have questions about who we are or want to know more about our church family, please visit us online at threechoppedchurch.org or worship with us online through our YouTube page every Sunday. Links are in the description. A huge thank you to Dr. Joan and to all of our musicians, also to our volunteers and church staff who make this podcast possible. And until next time, may you be blessed and be a blessing wherever you are.